Welcome to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets have the night off. They get set to play their final home game of the season tomorrow night at Nationwide Arena. They'll be taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning, the team that they played last night, losing in Tampa by the score of 4-1. to one. Jody, even though the Blue Jackets lost that game last night, it wasn't as though it was an embarrassing loss. It wasn't as though they were completely outplayed. It wasn't as though they didn't belong in the building with the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was just a simple fact that the Lightning is a team that has won the Stanley Cup back-to-back times. They're going to the playoffs, and they are getting geared up to make another run. Yeah, you know, you look at the lineup for the Blue Jackets last night, Bob, and going in there, you think that, oh, boy, this could be one of those those games that, you know, just they're going to be overmatched. But the Blue Jackets have a real belief that comes from early on in the season, even go back a couple of years with how they have to play hard, how they have to compete. Um, you know, it, it's not – you don't aim just to be a competitive team, but right now with this team and you step back and you look and you observe, you have to be extremely proud of the way they battled the Tampa Bay lightning. I mean, Tampa just beat the red hot Florida Panthers eight four the game before, and they've got a couple of the best players in the world on their team. And you're right. They're back to back Stanley cup champions. I'll just stop there. Cause I could keep going on and on about the lightning, but more impressive to your point was the blue jackets, you know, I even thought in the third period, maybe I was going to, we were going to see a reflection of the previous game with the Blue Jackets, where they came out with the Edmonton Oilers and took the game over. Um, you know, this is the time of year where some teams are looking over teams that aren't in the playoffs like the Blue Jackets. And I think it's even easier to do when they don't have their captain, Boone Jenner, who's been their number one center. When they lose Corrali, that, that reliable utility, number three center, he's a matchup guy. You know, and and then, you know, you don't have Patrick Line, that shooter, that uh, world-class shooter that everyone in the world, even the people in the NHL marvel at. So, you know, you see that a little bit. Washington did go up to, or Washington, Tampa did go up to Washington the day before to go to the White House to get honored for winning the championship. Uh, so, you know, we, you kind of think, and they look, they're going to overlook this game, but to your, to what you said earlier, you know, they're tuning it up for the playoffs. So, they, they had control of the game a lot, but I thought the push, the fight, and the team concept that with the, the Blue Jackets and their players played within, and Elvis, the way he made some big saves, made that an entertaining and a competitive game. And, and uh, I was very impressed with the way they played last night. I don't think, as long as the Tampa Bay Lightning had the likes of Steven Stamkos, uh, uh, Nikita Kucherov, uh, Victor Hedman, Andre Vasilevsky, Andre Pilat. Alex Kalorn, I'm going down the roster because anybody that played the Blue Jackets in the playoffs three years ago on that team will not overlook the Blue Jackets no matter what the faces are on the other side because it was a style of play that took them out of that series in four games. And they know that a lot of faces have changed and the coaches changed, but that style of play continues. So I I would never expect the Lightning with all of those guys that went through that disappointment a couple of years ago to ever overlook the blue jackets no matter what time of the year they play them regular season playoffs day night doesn't matter right throw coach john cooper on that list you know that that team and they credit that four game sweep to their success the next two years because they got taught a stern lesson that you know the columbus blue jackets came in they were competitive and they were disciplined within how they had to play with their game plan Plus, they had that legendary John Tortorella speech, which get us, you know, if you're not, if you're having a down day or you're looking for some energy, pull that out and tell me if you don't still get goosebumps about it. But yeah, you know, that that's true. 
but a game 80 of a regular season when, you know, you're rolling along and things have been good the past few games against Stanley Cup, uh, could be Stanley Cup matchups for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning here as they go down, as they look down the, through the playoffs. Uh, you, you know, it's one of those games that you could think they'd overlook, but I like your Vasilevsky point too, because, you know, he brought his name up. You know, he did last night what he does. The team gives up a little bit more than they probably want to in the, in the defensive zone. And when they do, guess what? There is a uh, one of the best, if not the best goaltender in the world that's not only there to make the save, but he understands if it's move the puck or freeze it or, you know, he, have, he has to be acrobatic. If there is a rebound, he seems to recover. So now, that gives you a lot of confidence, confidence as well. Also, do you think it's fair to point out that um, if you look at the Eastern Conference standings and in the last segment of the show is when we usually get into what's going on in the league, but let's skip ahead here a little bit because of this. The, the teams, the eight teams have been set for a long time. You know, we've talked about that before and you know, maybe you can move from one spot to another spot and really that hasn't happened either. So, you know, everything has been kind of stagnant. I mean, what is there to play for? You're picking up your points. You're not moving. You know you're in the playoffs. Okay, big deal. Now, all of a sudden, here you are in the last week. And I, I would say not just the Lightning, but anybody that's going to be in, it's time to, you know, you kind of wake up, right? It's like, uh, get the smelling salts. Let's wake up. Let's go. Because you've got to be playing your best game here within the next six days. Yeah. And I think that is, you know, it's important now. I don't know if it was important two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like with the way that the standings have been, but I think these teams that understand the importance of starting well in the playoffs, um, like Tampa teams that have been through it in the long haul and understands what it takes in the third round. I think this is part of it. I think that they understand how they have to be on their game and sharp, uh, build some chemistry with some of those line mates, rest some people when they can, you know, they're gearing up. They've waited all off season, all training camp, all regular season to get an opportunity to come back and get this going. And, and yeah, you got, you, there's got, there can't be any cobwebs uh, next week when playoffs start. So I think that these are, you know, it's not like a training camp, but it, it's a playoff training camp in a sense where, you know, some teams are, you know, you look at Vegas, they're grinding and hoping and scoreboard watching now. So they're on their, their urgency could not be higher uh, after losing the game last night in a shootout. So, you know, that's when you have a team that's already settled and playing that game and waiting for the, waiting for the playoffs to start, you can't manufacture that kind of urgency. I mean, it's the, blow your hair back, you know, you feel like everything's moving way faster once the puck hits the ice in the playoffs. And so for these teams that have really not that urgency in their game to stay alive or get in, yeah, it, you have to have a veteran group that understands how important it is to be really sharp in every situation. And credit to, uh, you know, I didn't think T Tampa was perfect last night, but they got some, I mean, the Kucherov Stamkos chemistry, uh, is something that, I mean, it's must-watch TV. That Kucherov, you know, he missed 35 games in the season. Uh, he looks like he's in mid-season form, and he looks like Patrick Kane when Patrick Kane was at the top of his game. It's scary. Yeah, you're all right about that. For the Blue Jackets, uh, they get through that game. They had a battle injuries. You mentioned Sean Corrale. He got hurt in the Edmonton game. He's done for the rest of the year. Uh, Zach Wierenski came back, and a puck found him again and hit him in the face. Like, he's got unbelievable 
bad luck this year. Uh, Andrew Peak got hit in the face. He ended up coming back. Uh, but Nick Blankenberg, we've talked about him for two weeks, two and a half weeks, now almost three now since he's gotten here. But he took a big hit in that game last night. Uh, he was out for a while. He he did come back and he did finish it. But I just wonder um, how the Blue Jackets are going into the next two games, their last two games on the back end with some guys that are pretty beaten up. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And, you know, we watch guys like Carlson and Beirut skate every day. And I've been there and it's uh, it gets kind of lonely. You know, you do the same, stay sharp, work at it. And then, you know, Kukin did it for almost three weeks since the trade deadline. He was he, he was the guy that was out there skating, working, doing quick feet. And you watch and you wonder, you know, why is he doing that? And then you think, OK, he gets thrown in an NHL game. It could be that game that he's seen by another team where he does something special and stays in the lineup. Uh, and he was solid against the Oilers, so he got to play last game as well. So maybe these other guys, and I know we probably mentioned this word every other day, opportunity uh, knocks again. So they're banged up, Bob. It's the end of the year. And I look at that Warinsky situation last night where, you know, he's had two uh, pretty good hits to the head in the last – two and a half months and you get back in there you're excited and then all of a sudden you get hit in the nose with a puck now I know my mentality it was a fourth line guy I wasn't going to miss a shift I wanted to stay in the lineup patch me up you know get the blood that's dripping down my nose get that dabbed up I'll get back out there even though it is game 80 I'm thinking for Zach Wierenski who's such that blue chip uh, player for the Blue Jackets don't you just sit in the locker room and say forget it I'm going to take my gear off this is just I'm good I'm good you know what I mean but uh, he's a young kid that just wants to be on the ice with his teammates. And, and uh, that makes me even more excited about his attitude, uh, his pure, it's almost like um, his pure drive just to be there. That's just what he is playing hockey. So good on him. I'm sure his team got a, a big push from that again last night. Yeah. And uh, not only does he want to finish with his teammates, which as you said, is more than respectable. I know he wants to represent uh, team USA in the world championships. And, and so he wants to make sure he's playing and he's at his best because he just loves hockey. That's what Zach yeah. Wierenski is. He's just a hockey player. Yeah. He wants to talk about it. He wants to live it. He wants to be on the ice. Uh, he's always working at his craft. He sees the offensive zone differently. He knows other players and what they're doing. It's uh, yeah, he, he is exactly that. That's what he knows well. And he's really good at it. All right, we're coming up next. We're going to talk to another hockey player, one that's been around for a short time, but he's getting ready to be here for a long time. Last year, he was taken fifth overall in the first round of the NHL draft. He debuted a couple of weeks ago, and you can see that he's starting to find his game. I'm talking about Blue Jackets forward Kent Johnson. He'll be with us as the Inside Edge continues right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets will play their final home game of the season tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at Nationwide Arena when they take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, trying to split the home-and-home -home series after losing in Tampa last night. Prior to the game yesterday, we had a chance to sit down and talk with Kent Johnson and what a whirlwind his life has been. Last summer, he was taken by the Blue Jackets in the first round, fifth overall. He went to Michigan. He played the season in Michigan. He wound up representing Team Canada in the Olympics, which was unplanned at the start of the year. Then he went back to Michigan, and they lost in the national semifinal game. They lost in the Frozen Four. 
before he signed with the Blue Jackets and came right here to Columbus and now has played a handful of NHL games. So I wanted to start off by asking Kent just about everything he's gone through in the past not even year since he was drafted by the Blue Jackets and if he can believe that he's sitting here in the National Hockey League. Yeah, no, definitely it's happened quick. Like, I can't believe I've already been here for two weeks. Feels like, uh, you know, just a couple of days ago I was getting here. But, uh, yeah, it's been really fun. From the time that you got here, you got into Detroit for that first game. You didn't play in that one. Uh, you uh, sat and watched that game with Nick Blankenberg um, when you first came in and then jumped right into the fire against the Montreal Canadiens. Took the trip to California, get a trip to Florida this week. A pretty good time to show up for a guy coming out of college. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. That's what the guys are saying. Lucky with the road trip, so it worked out good. Worked out well uh, off the ice. On the ice, how do you feel right now? Because in watching you, it seems like, you know, from watching you from above, that there are elements of your game you're starting to show, and it, it just looks like you're trying to figure it out, and you're getting it figured out a little bit more with every game that goes by. Do you feel like that when you're on the ice? Yeah, I think uh, definitely felt good, especially I think uh, there's three games stretch in a row there. Um, and then, you know, last game was a little tougher. I mean, uh, obviously, we're playing the matchups at home. We great win, you know, shutting down and limiting those guys. And obviously, it was not my line mostly. So, uh, obviously, tough there. But I think other than that, I felt good. And it's not – I'm sure it's not the first time you've been through this uh, in your career. But, yeah, when you're first starting out, you know, you're coming from Michigan where you're one of the top guys. So, you know in the top situations you're going to be there. A little bit different here now, right? Um, maybe the minutes are going to be less, and you have to figure out how to get more – out of fewer minutes uh how have you dealt with that part of it what are you trying to do out there yeah I think um honestly I think if I was you know trying to get too much out of smaller minutes that that may be not the best and I think trying to just you know every shift just play the same way I would even if I was playing a lot and uh you know just trying to try to help the team in whatever way that shifts so uh that's kind of all I've been trying to do what's been the biggest adjustment for you so far um yeah I think uh I mean, the guys, it happens a little quicker. So I think, uh, you know, I'm still making that adjustment. But I think for me, like getting off some shots quicker, I think I'm, you know, the plays I'm making, the D zone, neutral zone have been great to, you know, get, get in the O zone. But I think uh, just executing when I'm, when I'm right there and when it's time to score uh, is what I'm kind of working on. Now, Kent, no game is the same. You played against the Western Conference teams mostly here. And when you look at some of the matchups, um, are you feeling are you, are you feeling it out in different games? For example, Oilers one game, you got the Kings one game. They play a different style of hockey, and you got McDavid and those guys out there. Um, is it is it a different approach for you in, in all those situations? Um, I don't know about a different approach, but obviously, yeah, like it's it's hockey. It's a game that you know you never really see the exact same play twice sometimes. So it's yeah, just reacting and reading stuff. Uh, Obviously, you know, it's cool, like, last night to play against those guys. I mean, even if I wasn't on the ice against them, just see it up close. So, um, yeah, no, it's definitely a cool situation. Yeah, let's touch on that because, you know, I know you train with um, NHL players in Western Canada, so you've been up close to it. You kind of measure yourself in in training against them probably. When did this become a real uh, reality that you were going to be in the NHL and face guys like Connor McDavid? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've always kind of believed in myself, especially pretty recently, and knew it was uh, going to happen with time. And yeah, just to, you know, be out there and, and, you know, see him on the other end of the ice is definitely uh, pretty cool. I watch you after practice. You're, you're a guy that really works at his craft. I watch you go out there early, you stay out there late, you do a lot of puck handling, but you're really aware of, like, you do a lot of checking around with, with your eyes and sw- swiveling your head. 
Is that something that's been a part of your game? Is that something you've developed? Um, probably a bit of both. I think, like, naturally, for whatever reason, I think I was pretty good at that. But I also think, uh, you know, it's something I wanted to work on more, especially this year. Kind of, It kind of, like, came to my attention. I didn't really know um, that I did it and whatnot. And I think just doing that more often, like, you just got to look and all the time. And if you look before you get the puck, it's going to be a lot easier when you have the puck. So that's uh, a big thing I've kind of always just been working on this year. Like you shoulder check too, right? Even when you have the puck. Yeah, no, definitely sometimes. I mean, um, yeah, I think the more you, the less you have to look at the puck. And if you know, you can be looking at other places and you know you can handle the puck still and make passes, obviously uh, the easier the game's going to get. Are you, who was the player you watched or, or uh, maybe watched on YouTube or watched in the NHL that you learned some of these, these skilled plays from? Uh, yeah, a lot of different guys. I like uh, Patrick Kane a lot. Um, like Panarin a lot, who's in Columbus here, so I really liked him. And uh, I think earlier, like when I was younger, the Sedins in Vancouver were, were big ones, so those are some guys. We liked Panarin too. He was yeah. at Game Breaker, and I, he was so competitive. I don't know if you've watched him closely, but mm-hmm. he is a competitive player. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, sometimes the skilled guys can get overlooked for that, but I definitely love that about him. All right, your line mate now is Cole Sillinger. I know he was excited to play with you. I know you guys have a little bit of a history of being together at, at different, uh, maybe representing Canada at times. But what's it like to play with Cole, and, and how much does that give you a little bit of comfort? Yeah, it's nice, obviously. Like, you know, on the bench, you know the guy pretty well. And, um, yeah, I think it was really good, especially, uh, you know, the first game we got together. Uh, obviously, we weren't together the whole game last game, but we were, we were really good that night, I think. And, uh, obviously, you know, it could be special to hopefully play with him uh, in the future more. Now, the locker room at, at, in Columbus is different. The National Hockey League is different. you got guys like Jake who's got that beard. He's had it for, what, five years? He's got that long beard. He, you know, he grows in a week. you got guys that uh, have kids and guys that you know, have girlfriends. And How has it been for you? Like, when you walk in there, your, your first initial reaction till now, how is it in that locker room? No, it's been awesome. Like, they've been super welcoming, and they're all uh, great people. So it's definitely cool. But, yeah, it's definitely uh, pretty different. You know, like after practice, guys are – going home to their wife and kids and stuff. So it's, uh, you know, just, just a lot different, but it's cool. Any moments where you're like, wow, that was, uh, that was kind of my welcome moment where a veteran's like, hey, can't put your towel in the basket or, or anything like that, <laughs> where you kind of didn't really know what you were doing. But, like, I remember being in there and, and my first year and pretending I knew what I was doing and kind of following people around. Any of those moments for you? Um, yeah, I, don't, I think maybe one. We had first game, there was a PK video and I wasn't really sure because I'm Michigan like every guy had to go to the PK video and no one really talked to me about it and I was kind of like oh like should I go to like I don't want to sound like but I I didn't know if I should go or not and the time to go to the meeting was there and I think Line could kind of sense that I was like not sure if I should go and he just like shook his head at me and I was like yeah that that makes sense so that was was, uh that was pretty funny now that's a good way to get in there though I know guys that would go to the meeting even though they weren't on the on the penalty kill but they showed interest, so you might want to think about that. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I was thinking about that too, but I also, you know, didn't want to be overly pushing it or whatever, but yeah. So who's someone that's guiding you around the locker room, like helping you with, like, this is when we got to do this, this is where we go to this, like the first couple of days. Was there a, a, a rookie or a veteran guy that kind of grabbed you? Um, I think it's kind of been a lot of different guys, like little things. Uh, but, I mean, no, I don't think like one guy in particular, but just all the guys are really helpful. How about on the road? Do you do you have a roommate? I know most NHL guys don't, but I think the rookies do. Yeah, no, I'm with Blankenberg. So. Of course you are, right? Yeah. You guys can't shake each other. Yeah, seriously. That's probably a good relationship, though, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's awesome. 
it's been fun to see him have success and do what he's doing. And, and I mean, he's, he seems like a, a really good teammate. Yeah, no, definitely he is. I mean, uh, he's obviously the captain of Michigan for a reason there. And, uh, yeah, I know I love him. Are you in touch with the other guys that have, have made it to the National Hockey League from your, your great team in Michigan? Yeah, definitely. Uh, just been texting them, stuff and all. Like, if I see a, they score or whatever, make a nice play. And, um, yeah, so it's definitely cool to, you know, keep the relationship with them. Are you comparing notes with how organizations are run? Like, oh, our plane is sick or the meals are amazing? Uh, not too much, but I don't know. I think Owen was bragging about how they got, like, a shooting area in Buffalo. That's a, that was the only thing, but not too much. We're talking with Ken Johnson of the Blue Jackets, and uh, I want to ask you another thing about uh, Blankenberg. He told us that around Christmas time is when he felt that the Blue Jackets were really starting to get interested in him. I know ja- I know that Zach Wierenski talked to him about uh, the possibility of coming here. I know there was a lot of interest in him uh, with other teams around the league. At what point, if any, did you start to become a recruiter as well and say, hey, why don't you come over here with me? Uh, yeah, I think probably like somewhere around that December time or whenever. Uh, I was like the first when I first realized Columbus was interested and I was like, oh, like, dude, like, come on, like, come. And, but I knew, I don't know, I didn't think too much of it also. I knew other teams were interested, so I didn't get my hopes up too high. But uh, then, you know, later on in the season, I think it became more real that he really liked Columbus, and, uh, you know, I'm glad it worked out. You know, for people like us that didn't see him play, it, what he's doing looks very surprising right now. Now, if you listen to the scouts that did watch him play, they're not surprised. They say, yes, this is exactly why we wanted him as part of the organization. When you're watching him as a National Hockey League player now instead of a college player, does anything he's doing surprise you? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a big surprise at all. Like, I mean, uh, no, I knew he was going to do well for sure. I mean, I didn't necessarily know he'd be scoring on the power play one last game. But, uh, uh, no, I mean, he's, I definitely knew he was going to do really well. Like, he's a great player and uh, a great kid, so I'm not too surprised. So if there was a bet who was going to score on the power play in the NHL first, you probably would have bet on yourself. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not really to bet against him or anything, but, I mean, I'm always probably going to bet on myself for most things, but. No, that wasn't what I meant by that. No, 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 no. I didn't. I'm, I'm just kidding around about it. Hey, let's go back to when you're a kid and you just start playing and, and you're getting older and, and you're, you're getting more experience and you're getting more skilled. At what point was it that you thought or somebody came to you and said, you know, I think you have a chance to do a lot in this sport. Do you remember? Yeah, I think the uh, first time, like, my coach uh, and midget, Mako Belkovic, I think I was 14 or 15, he was kind of like, yeah, like, you work really hard at this like you could you could be in the NHL and uh, that really helped me believe and uh, I think that was kind of a a pretty big turning point you know having someone else believe in me. Was it a shock to you when you heard that? Not really I kind of felt like for a couple years I was like oh like no one else really believes but like maybe I feel like I'm I'm pretty good so uh, but no, it's definitely nice uh, coming from a smart coach like him. Yeah, and there was there was fight. I mean, you you had a fight in some ways to get noticed and get to where you were, right? I mean, there was there's a lot of as a young man, there was a lot of work you put into this game just uh, before you ever got to the NCAA. No, definitely. I think uh, you know, like it could be forgotten now that you know I was pretty, uh, I think, like under underrated or whatever when I was younger, and I I wasn't really highly touted at all, and smaller guy and. I think it's kind of happened a little quicker than I might have thought, but I definitely felt like an underdog, uh, you know, for my whole hockey career. Was going the college route always what you had in mind, or was there ever any thoughts of playing junior hockey instead of going to college? Uh, there was a little bit of thought, but, like, I was definitely more on the college path. I think at the time where I was in my development, it made, made a lot more sense. And, uh, you know, with my late birthday, being able to play college in my draft year, if uh, 
my development wetest plan. So I think it was a great option. I'm, I'm glad I chose it. You know, the game has changed a lot. When Jody played, there were, you know, you could count on one hand the number of guys that were playing college and then getting into the National Hockey League, and it's so different now. What did you like about the college experience, both the hockey and uh, the studying? I mean, the, the entire college life, what did you like about all of that? Um, yeah, I think f- I just love, like, the guys at Michigan for the most part. I mean, we had such a great group of guys, and, um, you know, just hanging out with them so much when you're in college, and it's pre- pretty much every day, so... Um, no, it was, it was really special in terms of that, I think, uh, and I think the hockey, you know, I, I definitely wish we played a bit more games in college, but it, every game was really intense because of that, and, uh, you know, the different places, the, the crowds, uh, it was just unreal. Our guest tonight is Kent Johnson, forward for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and Kent, I want to ask you, go back to when you're, I have a 13-year-old son, and I help coach these kids, what was a, uh, what was a summer like for you as a 13-year-old? For me, back when I, we played, the ice was torn out. We went and played baseball, soccer, and different things. Were you already into uh, skating coaches, skills coaches, lifting? No, no. I was still just a kid when I was 13. I, th- I played baseball in the summers, and I would still skate a little bit, uh, like play some three-on-three or whatnot with friends. Uh, but, no, I wasn't. I quit spring hockey for, like, four years, I think, which is probably a really good decision, to be honest. I think a lot of the kids are playing all year round, and you don't really need to be. It's good to play other sports, so. I'm glad I, you know, was playing baseball in the summer then. All right, how about the next year, 14-15? Like, when, when did it get serious for you where, you know, you had to start training and watch your diet and all those, those fun things that I don't miss? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, like, even at that time when I was younger, I was, like, being a kid but, you know, playing a lot of hockey, like, in the basement or whatever, like, stick handling and whatnot. But then I think when I got, like, 15, I think I played spring hockey and started kind of dialing it in a bit more, like, just on the ice more. Um, and yeah, I think like once I kind of, you know, like had more access to ice, I think at that age and, uh, kind of just took it from there. Were you always a centerman in those, in, on those teams when you were younger? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's your preferred position, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, but preferred, like, uh, I'm not the saying, coaches like, I don't listen be. to this show. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I like playing center for sure, but I also, I don't know. I've been on the wing for quite a while now and I'm definitely pretty used to it right now. Were you on the wing all year? Uh, yeah. Okay. So it, it is a ju- an adjustment. Yeah, no, definitely a little bit. But you'd rather have the puck in the middle of the ice? Yeah, well, I mean, I think anyone would. Like, as a winger, I, I try to get off the wall as quick as possible when I have the puck because it's pretty hard. I, I mean, I've noticed it a couple times when I haven't got off the wall, like, you're probably going to get closed off in this league. So. Yeah, because the D always come down the wall, right? Have you noticed that in the NHL? Like, they're always right on you? Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, they'll, like – they do a good job with their gaps, and they'll they'll come fold you off if you're on the wall. So uh, it's definitely, you know, I think I'm best when I have the puck in the middle of the ice. How about the systems here? Have you Do you find yourself hesitating at all with trying to learn these systems, or you already got them? No, I think I got them. I think the first game there was, like, in the D zone, there was, like, a half a second where I was doing the Michigan one, and then I was like, oh, what, I messed that up. But other than that, like, I've been, I've been pretty good on it, I think. And you've been on the first power play unit, right? You've been out there with Jake? No. Oh, you haven't no, done that haven't yet. Been. Have you taught? Have you seen him directing traffic on the bench and 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 calling plays and how he sees it out there? Yeah, I mean, I definitely try to like watch him pretty closely on the power play. I mean, even like this year in Michigan when I was watching Columbus games, I know he's a really good playmaker, smart player. So, um, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool to watch up close. And you've had a couple chances. I think even last game, uh, the game in in uh, against the Oilers, you had a chance off the back post. Do you do you find yourself 
able to get to the middle of the ice and, and get those chances? I mean, and you had a couple chances where you kept the puck, you cut across the, the offensive zone, and you, you go to take those shots. You're, you feel more comfortable down there in, in traffic? Yeah. I mean, I've never really, uh, you know, obviously I'd say a bit more like perimeter guy than some guys because I'm, you know, trying to make plays and, and get distribute to other guys. But I definitely have no problem, I think, going to the net. And I know that's where a lot of goals are scored, so I want to get there as much as possible. Yeah, it's amazing. This league, I mean, it seems like the closer you get to the net, of course, the tougher it is, right? But but it's just got to be a big adjustment for a forward like you because limited ice time, not in the mix all the time. You're sitting on the bench a lot of the time, penalty kill, you know, things like that. And then when you get out there, you try to do everything at once. Have, have you had anyone, has, have you had advice from maybe some of the coaches uh, on, you know, just kind of stay with it and, you know, you're doing a great job and, and things are going to get, you know, it'll come. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, uh, you know, guys are supportive and they could probably tell, like, I probably want it uh, too bad sometimes. And they're just saying, that, yeah, like, relax, it'll come or whatnot. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Just keep having fun with it, obviously. Uh, you know, you get, can get pretty caught up in the results sometimes, but, uh, you know, try not to. Right. And what do you do in your spare time? Are you a guy that watches a lot of hockey? You golf in the off season? Are you a guy that's into the movies? What's your, uh, what do you do yeah. for fun? Yeah, I like to golf in the off season. I think uh, getting more into that now. And, um, yeah, I definitely like during the season watch hockey a lot just after practice and whatnot. And, uh, I don't know, just like to yeah, hang out with, the, with my friends mostly. I have a follow-up on that. One more. Um, <clears throat> who is the best team, do you think? Uh, who, who's, who do you think is going to come out of the West? Um, I mean. I'll tell you my picks, Calgary. Yeah, yeah I mean, I was going to, like, I was going to say Colorado or Calgary, they're the, the top teams, but it's not really, I don't know, it's no fun. Like everyone, those are the top two teams. So but so you want to go underdog? Be, yeah, I kind of like Minnesota. Do you? Um, I think they, you know, they uh, got Flurry now, so he's obviously a great goalie, and I think, you know, they got a good group of forwards in D. So. And what about out of the East? They're pretty stacked up. I mean, no one's really talking. I mean, the Rangers are good. Pittsburgh's there, but you got some uh, pretty heavy teams at the top. Yeah, no, the East is loaded right now. I think, uh, I don't know, I think the Rangers could be a little scary if Shesterkin's playing that good in the playoff series. So, But I don't know, I think they're all, anyone could really win any of this year. I like uh, the Hurricanes a lot too. All right, I've got uh, just one more thing for you. I met your dad after the game against Edmonton. He was there. How good does it feel, especially for a guy that's been around for a full two weeks? <laughs> I mean, to have to have family there and, uh, you know, that you've got Nick there who's a, a teammate of yours uh, all year at Michigan, but how good does it feel to have family there that you can just hang with and have some sense of normalcy? Yeah, no, definitely. It was, it's really nice to, you know, be able to just go go grab dinner with him after. So, um, you know, I'm glad he got to watch it. And he comes in with a, a full uh, – his father comes in here with a, a full slate of things to do and places to go because he's good friends with Ryan Johansson's father. So he's already got the, the book and the scouting report, right? That's what I was talking to him about. You don't even have to think about where to go. He just comes in with a list. You just get in the car, right? Yeah, no, basically. I know he, uh, he talked to Randall a lot, and I think uh, Randall you know, kind of told him everything about Columbus. So do, you, uh, uh, do you talk to Ryan very much? Uh, no, not really. He texted me after my debut, just kind of saying congrats and stuff like that. But uh, not not too often. But yeah, I think I'll maybe see him this summer at his charity golf event. He was saying, "Yeah, and what well, you get invited now, right?" Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Bring something with you. Bring that signed jersey, Kent. I'd love to have you at my tournament. Uh, it'll be a special day for you when you get to play against some uh, 
with Nashville, right? Yeah, no, definitely. All right. Kent, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. It's great to watch your development here in your early stages of your NHL career. And uh, best of luck to you the rest of the year. Yeah, thank you. That is Blue Jackets forward Kent Johnson. Stay tuned. We'll come back and wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Getting ready to wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan. The Blue Jackets have two games remaining on the schedule. The first is tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at Nationwide Arena when they take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then on Friday, they'll travel to Pittsburgh to face the Penguins one last time. Kent Johnson, you just uh, heard him talk for the last couple of segments there, Jody. Uh, it was good to talk to him. He He's a guy that he's... Um, he doesn't have a lot of words to say when you ask him a question, but he gets to his point. And I see that with his game too, with everyone that goes along, he is starting to get to the point. Uh, you could see where in the first couple of games, there were things that he wanted to do, probably things he did in college. He found out he didn't have the same time and space to do here in the NHL. But as you go along game after game, you start to see more flashes of what he is as a player and how he is making the adjustment so that he can get his game ramped up to this next level. Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, he's a slighter guy than Blankenberg. He's a guy that I don't think he's been uh, in a lot of heavy traffic in his uh, college career. Uh, I think that no matter where you are, where you are on the ice in the NHL, it's heavy traffic. And you look at the teams he's been playing against here as he gets pulled into this league. Uh, you look at the Western uh, Conference style, big, heavy, Four check, uh, you know. There's times where he gets caught, got caught off guard with the back check. You know, I think that that's something that surprised him a few times is that he gets caught on the back check in the National Hockey League. It's because the players four check and back check the same kind of intensity. So, you know, he's starting to figure it out. I want to see him the next two games finish healthy first of all, and I think this is going to be a big, big uh, moment. The, this segment of nine games or eight games, whatever he's going to get in that, you know, he can reflect on the offseason, feel good about what he's done, but also, more importantly, feel and know what he has to work on, what he's got to get better at. There's no question he's good with the puck. Uh, but, you know, there, there's things in the game, and what a great conversation with him. You know, he was – you're right, he, he, he was short with his answers, but he was very concise about, you know, uh, the, the system that he was playing. In game one, he had hesitation with maybe thinking – how they did it in Michigan and had to revert back to this new system. Those are all things that when you have a little bit of clutter in your head, uh, it takes you down, your speed drops a little bit. And, and for Johnson, he seems to be finding it a little bit better, but I liked your question about ice time too, because that's a factor when you're used to being the number one guy and you're, you're only on the bench to, to catch your breath and you're out there again for the power player, you know, whatever you, you have to go out there and do, uh, you don't think you just go and, and, and you the game seems to, to come your way. And right now he's still trying to find it and everybody's different in every situation. Uh, I love how we had a conversation the other day and you brought up that he's four years younger than Blankenberg. And that, that's a real thing. Imagine Blankenberg or imagine Johnson in four years. Uh, and I think that's what he needs. He needs some time here to develop, get stronger and grow because once he does and he's settled in and he's strong enough and he's comfortable, uh, he's going to be one to watch. Well, as the saying goes, knowing is half the battle. And as you just said, being <laughs> here for a couple of weeks, he's going to know. When you, when you walk out, you're not going to have to wonder, well, what's it going to be like in the NHL? How are they going to play me? What what am I going to have to do? He, he knows. He will, 
Yeah, how fast is Connor McDavid really to play against? Uh, <laughs> what's it like to play against Kucherov and Point and Hedman and shoot on Vasilevsky? You know, those are all questions that you can dream about and wonder, but now he can. And maybe he's not processing it now. You know what I mean? Maybe it's when you get away after two weeks and you'd be like, wow, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. And I wish I would have done this, that, or the other. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the playoffs. We did earlier in the show, but, um, you know, in, in the East, when you look at it, there, there's still some things that are not settled. And one of those things is, you know, Pittsburgh's in third place in the Metropolitan Division. They have 101 points. They played 81 games. The only one they have left is against the Blue Jackets. Washington has 100 points. They're in the second wild card spot. They have two games to play. So by doing the math, the Washington Capitals still could find a way to match up with the New York Rangers in the first round of the playoffs. And I guess on paper, that is preferable to playing the Florida Panthers in the first round. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, Florida is that confident, high-octane um, team that is built and pushing to be uh, they're standing at the end and they want to represent the East. And, and right now um, they, you know, after seeing Tampa and seeing what they're doing, don't count Tampa out, but yes, you don't want to face Florida in the first round and Washington, you know, they have Ovechkin out and that's the big hole for the Washington Capitals. So we'll see, of course, they don't want to face Florida. Florida's got that team. That's ah, so red hot. But for the Capitals, yes, get out of that wild spot if you can. Uh, and if you don't, live with it and try to figure it out. That's that's just how it's going to be. The West is still the wild, wild West because everybody's in except for the last spot. And it's Dallas and Vegas that are battling. They played last night. You alluded to this earlier in the show. Vegas lost the game last night, but they didn't lose it in regulation. So they are technically still alive. But Dallas is in the driver's seat there because Vegas has two games left and they're four points back. Dallas has two games left and they're four points up. All they got to do is win one. So, um, boy, I, Vegas is, we talked about this. We talked about this last week, probably the week before that too. Um, you know, they've, they've had injuries, they've made moves, but they're on the verge of just falling short, not being a part of the party. Well, I even look at Dallas. They had two games in hand for so long. And how, why is it this close? You know, and I guess it's not that close. They're four points ahead. And Vegas does have the tiebreaker. Um, I mean, you look at Vegas, they'll just they'll just go to injuries, right? They've been injured all season long. Uh, Leonard's been inconsistent and injured. You look at Mark Stone, their, their leader, he's been injured. And guys, through everything that's happened in this discombobulated, upside-down and backwards season, I think they've taken it on the chin the hardest. Now, that that is going to be their excuse. That's her out. And it's a real thing. But when you look at it, you're right. When you go get Jack Eichel, you're making a statement to the national hockey league that we're going all in uh, on this season, on this uh, playoff season. And we're going for the Stanley cup, a team that's never, ever, ever missed the Stanley cup playoffs is on the verge here. So interesting story out there. It's one of those ones. Yeah. Where, you know, you see a team that, that loads up like that and not able to do it, you wonder what's going on. And I think it goes back to the dynamic. And easy for me to say, because I'm not in the locker room, but just from an outsider, you know, you have Marc-Andre Fleury, that that falls out. It looks like Robin Leonard's relationship with the organization seems to be in, in a weird place. I don't know. He was It was announced he was going to have surgery on his, on his uh, to end his, his season. 
then the coach said, no, that's not the case. He's dressing tonight. He backed up. Uh, and then uh, he, he and then they announced a day later that he was going to have surgery to end his season. So strange occurrence of events, add in everything else, the Eichel factor, that poor kid hasn't been in the playoffs. I'm sure a lot of people don't want to hear me say poor kid, but, you know, it's got a way on that guy mentally that, oh, it came here to go in the playoffs and help them get in. And now are we even going to get in? I, I can't answer your question why it's so close. Dallas is the only team with a minus in the goal differential in the Western Conference that's in the playoffs. So that, and and then the, they would have to go up against what, Colorado the first round. Oh, good luck. There you go. All right. Uh, tomorrow, the Blue Jackets and the Lightning, final home game of the year, seven o'clock. And uh, that's at Nationwide Arena. Pre-game coverage starts at 6 30 right here on 97.1 The Fan and the Blue Jackets Radio Network and on Valley Sports Ohio. I'd like to thank Kent Johnson for being our guest tonight. And thanks to you for being there. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McKelligan saying so long, and thanks for listening to the Inside Edge on 97.1 The Fan.